the Never Gets Old podcast, the podcast of all we love in TV, movies, music, and comics, with your hosts, Mac Jackson and Nick Nero. Look for us on YouTube and Facebook. for another fun episode of the Never Gets Old podcast. I'm your host, Mac Jackson, and we're joined today by our friend, Sarah Clark. Hey! Hey! <laughs> so, before we get started, I, I'm hoping you can see, I'm going to stand up and show you the shirt I'm wearing. Awesome! Yeah, here's the problem with this shirt. This is, a, for those who obviously can't see this, this is a yeah. monkey shirt that I got in like a, I don't know, the middle of a mall somewhere where some yeah weren't they selling those at spencer's or something in the 90s i either yes. had that shirt or wanted that shirt well not even the 90s it was the 2000s but 2000s oh the 2001 tour yeah cindy got uh i before i met her had bought a monkey's robe of course which, yeah which is red and and wonderful and i would oh man myself. however by the time i found out about Spencer selling anything monkeys they were pretty much done yeah well this shirt as you can see is taken from their JC Penny ad ah yeah it's the god-awful clothes it was during the same photo session that they're more of the monkeys album mm -hmm. was taken from Mike actually doesn't look so bad as far no. as out of all of them and that's not me being partial it's just they put him in a decent shirt Mm-hmm. But you got... Well, he makes most things look decent, well, yeah. so... <laughs> Honestly, God. Uh, but you got Mickey wearing the weird jacket that goes with the pants that Peter's wearing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, uh, so I got this shirt, and it's flipped. And the way you can always tell is oh, Mike's yeah. hair swoop is Mike's going Mike's the... Yeah. Yeah. So, and that drives me insane whenever somebody does that. Like, come on! It's obvious you flipped the picture. So I got well, this. only two obsessives like us. So yeah, it, it does catch your eye, though. True. <laughs> so I got this shirt because at the time I didn't have too many monkey shirts, or maybe any at all. And you know, anytime you see a monkey shirt, snag it. Right. Um. Here's the problem. This is a white shirt, and I don't know how you feel about white T-shirts, but they don't last. Not for me, no. Even on a, a mildly warm day, it's going to stain. And that's what this one around the collar. I'm using it as like a nightshirt. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the heart to get rid of it, obviously, but I can't mm -hmm. necessarily go out and wear it in public. Yep. You you are going to be like pose, putting a photo in the podcast of you in the shirt, right? Because well, you're having this conversation. And... You know, maybe not me in the shirt, but it'll be at least a photo from that photo session okay. because you know it's it's just ugh. and it was Kirshner just I, I, you know besides picking on Kirshner as I know we can do for hours why 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 would you pick a JCPenney ad when it's not even their style it's not there is no representation of them at all in those clothes you know and let's make that the album cover for the second album 
At, at well, but what did you expect? At that point, <clears throat> a certain person mainly saw them as a, you know, product to be marketed, not well, unlike the Jay-Z Penny Club. No, no, I got that. It's just the bad taste on top of it. If you're going to use and abuse them, let's at least try and put them in a good light. You know, they even rip off the Beatles cover. Uh, what is it? Is it Revolver? No, it's not Revolver. But the one where they're all looking down. Mm -hmm. Come on. No. God, anyway. Let's start. You were going to tell me about your adventure at the Monkey Con. Sure, okay. For, you know, anybody who has not read my blog post on this, which is probably most of Civilization, I kind of blogged about the con at fandomlenses.com, which is my website. I pull all this stuff up because, see, we're doing this, like, almost two months later. I'm trying to remember. I barely remember what I had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> but in any case, long story short, I got an opportunity to go to, I wasn't actually expecting to be able to go to the convention because, you know, life. Uh, and I was wrapping up uh, really, I was about halfway through kind of my last semester of PhD coursework, and I had a lot of stuff to do over the course of that semester. I wound up writing about 70 pages of my dissertation, which, you know, was lovely, but is not necessarily conducive to running off for a weekend to, you know, squeal over hot old men. So, older, um... Older, older men. Yes, sir. <laughs> is that okay? What? Is that... Am I, may I call them late middle-aged? There you go. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, but for uh, just it was a case of my deadlines uh, lined up really well, and um, you know, when I've heard that Nez was going to the con convention and was going to be doing a concert there, nonetheless, I was like, you know. This is just, I know we've had like 15 once in a lifetime things over the last couple of years in that fandom, but like, this is like the, the, the most once in a lifetime of a lot of them in some ways. Cause I mean, honestly, forget two years ago, six months ago, would anybody have predicted him going to a monkey's convention? Right. I'm just saying. I, I, just, so, I love that he did, but go ahead. Yeah. So let me go ahead and pull all this stuff up. So I flew out to New Jersey and I was really looking forward to it because a lot of my friends were there. Um, Melanie Mitchell, who wrote a great book, um, Monkey Magic, uh, basically an episode so guide to the TV show. Have you read that yet, by the way? I think I have. I probably have it in my collection. Okay, cool, because it came out um, right around the first of the year. So. Oh, no, then I don't have that one. Oh, you need to read it because um, she basically goes through the episodes one by one and just kind of uh, critiques each of them, gets it, you know, uh, it talks about them. I mean, she's a fan, so it's all like from, you know, a place of, of love. But, you know, she kind of gets into like the cultural clarifications, all that stuff you and I don't get because we're like, you know, 80s era fan and kind of interprets all kind of the older references for us and stuff like that. So, and it's great. She covers the whole series, Head, 33 and a Third, even the uh, 97 reunion. You need to, it's on Kindle and you can also get it on uh, on hard copy it's just whatever you want so yeah, i'll probably get it on kindle now or kindle my ipad now that you know that's how i've been reading my comics 
Oh, I know. I'm kind of getting that way myself with a lot of that stuff. I've been reading Game of Thrones on my iPad because, I mean, if you don't, you get like the carpal tunnel from just the big book. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, you got to learn how to cut things down. But, uh, but anyway, she had a booth there, and a bunch of my friends from kind of the Tumblr monkeys community, you know, Amy Gravino, folks like that, uh, were there. And so I got to meet a lot of people that I'd never met face to face. And um, I think the, one of the funnest things that happened on the first day was I got to meet Mickey. That was my last living monkey that I had not met. And <laughs> he was a sweet guy. And, and it was kind of a funny thing. I got to tell this story because um, I walked into the room, you know, and I'm not like, the conversation reception with Nez thing aside, because that was like two or three minutes and we could like have an actual chit chat. Aside from that, I'm not big on meet and greets because you get like 45 seconds and there's no real way to like get an actual conversation going. It's just like 30 seconds of chit chat. You hope you don't make an idiot of yourself and then you're kind of shut it out the door. But, um, you know, Mickey's obviously done this a bajillion times. But so I walk into the door and just as I walk in and meet him face to face, he all of a sudden starts, poor thing starts coughing up along. I think he had a cold that weekend or something. And so like my first words to Mickey are, are you okay? And then he looks up and I was like, I suddenly remember, okay, this is not random dude. This is, you know, guy I wanted to marry when I was nine. And But we had a conversation and I actually wore to the con some various uh, T-shirts kind of just, you know, promoting I write fandom lenses. And the one I had that day on had a Mickey theme. You can get the photo from my website if you want. Yeah. So he complicated, complimented my T-shirt. And I said hi to Donna real quick because she's standing there too. But then about a week later, I came down with a cult. Uh, so my oh, story is so I caught Mickey, Mickey Dolan's is cult. Yes. Oh, Mickey. I know. Mickey Dolan, spreader of disease. <laughs> Well, this is a family show, so we're not going to make it Oh, so, so he was, yeah, he was nice when I met him, too. Oh, and he was a sweetheart, and really they all, you know, well, we all know they all are, and it was just, it was a wonderful experience going to the convention. Have you ever been to a monkey's convention? No. no okay, because that... I was, I offered to, uh, I offered too late. But I had um, offered for us to play there because I knew that they were looking for bands. And I'll go, I'll drive to, where was it, New Jersey? Yeah. Yeah. I was probably in the same area that we went to our Stargate convention so many times. It could have been the same hotel for all I know. I think they do a lot of cons there, so it might be. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I uh, said, yeah, hey, if you want us, we'll gladly, you don't have to pay us. But by then they had already filled all their slots but they said mm -hmm. well, next time like, okay gladly yeah yeah i don't know it'll be interesting to see if there's a next con um i don't know it was kind of one of those things where i i don't know that i would go again but it was that's just because more if it's a once a time lifetime thing and for me it would probably be in new jersey again and that takes you know two planes for me to get there and you know that kind of... sorry where are you located Oh, I'm in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, then yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. The fact that you made it once. You like, you're not far from there, right? Four hours. I could yeah. drive there, you know. 
Yeah. So that's just how it goes. So I don't get to go to as much stuff unless they like play Texas or, well, last summer on the tour, they came to Tulsa and I never would have predicted that in a million years, but that was a lot of fun. Um, but mostly, yeah, if I'm going to see the monkeys are really any kind of, you know, good size act. It's gotten better now that we've gotten kind of a new arena in town, but mostly you're driving someplace or flying. So, um, but the convention was really wonderful. Um, I mean, I've been to a lot of, you know, science fiction cons and this and that and other kinds of things. Well, maybe not a lot, but I've been to several and, um, it was just so cool being to something that was just for the monkeys. It was a lot of fun. And then, you know, 90, 96, 97% of monkeys fans are just the coolest, sweetest people you're going to meet. And so it's like, you just walk up and you can strike up a conversation and you're just instantly friends with people. And that's just one of those things I love. What it's about. Uh, when it's at its best, it most certainly is. So, Why, um, a couple of uh, wackadoos or what? In fact, I think that um, Ian Lee, you know who Ian Lee is, right? He's he's not a wackadoo. He was at the convention and he was actually shooting a documentary on Monkeys fandom. Really? Yes. And he actually interviewed me and he was kind of hoping, he expected to get a lot more crazies than he did. My theory is the crazies couldn't afford to go to the convention, but you know, there is a certain... I can't, you know, there's a certain perk to charging certain prices for things that can sort of filter out unwanted elements. And uh, I, that could maybe be applied to other issues, but we're not going to go there today. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Drama. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> let's see, where the heck was I? Ian! Oh, um, he's a, such a wonderful guy. Well, he's, you heard my podcast yeah. about when, when I went, Cindy and I met him at the uh, the Monkees concert, and we just, we hit it off like gangbusters just in line. And then to find out, like, just from his voice, I'm like, wait a minute, you interviewed Nez, didn't you? He's like, yeah, how do you know that? I'm like, you're on my iPod. It was a great interview, and it was so, it's exactly what I like to do, be very informal. Mm-hmm. Nez was just teasing them the whole time. It was great. Well, see, my theory, I have told this to Ian, and I've said this multiple times, that is my favorite interview of Nez ever. <laughs> because it's like, he totally got Nez, and it was just hilarious. I mean, but but yeah, so he interviewed me, and we just kind of got to talking about the fandom and um, kind of what, monkey dumb meant to me and i mean a lot of it was kind of the same stuff that i've said on my website but um it it was just one of those wonderful experiences that happened at the con that i kind of got to share that i got a chance to in my interview say thank you to uh you know peter for some of the stuff that he did for us a couple of years ago i have clue if he'll ever see that but if he does yay so and a lot of it depends on if that thing ever gets produced so we'll see what happens there um and i got to meet a lot of people who i've known like by reputation for years um i got to meet henry deals and oh my god is he is like the funniest guy in the world we just he's just one of those guys who can talk to everybody i can like understand how he got 
backstage, not just with the monkeys, but with all the groups he shot in the 60s, because he's just such a friendly, engaging guy, and you want to kind of invite him in. And I can see how he kind of got to hide in the corner at all these famous, you know, moments in rock history and just snap pictures. He's, he's a really fascinating guy. Let me get my cat's making noise. Let me get out, out of the room. <laughs> I, I couldn't even hear the cat at all. Yes. Well, this is Tanya. Hi, Tanya. Say hello to the internet. I can sneeze just looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, then it's a good thing we're online, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't know you had cat allergies. Oh, God, it'll kill me. And depending on the, uh, I guess, the dander of the cat is how quickly it'll affect me. Sometimes I can last an hour before it really, I have to leave. Other times... I just can't breathe right away. Well, crud. Yes. Okay, well, well, we'll have to box them up if you guys ever come down for a visit. If anybody ever tries to kill me, I'll know what they're trying to kill me with. <laughs> oh, I right you. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> so go ahead, you were saying. No, that's okay. Well, so it, Ian interviewed me, which was a wonderful experience. I got to talk to him a lot. And he's just, he's just one of those cool, down-to-earth guys. And there aren't... You and he, and there's a couple of others, but you know, they're, they're, they're just not enough kind of down to earth guys in the fandom. A lot of, and I mean, there's some girls that are this way too, and I fully admit that, but a lot of, a certain contingent of gentlemen in the fandom kind of make it all about how expert they are or how they know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I know. I, I hate it. And I've seen some posts by people. And I'm like, you're sucking the joy out of what this is supposed to be. Amen. We are a family. Mm -hmm. You don't have to try and one-up me. You know? Exactly. Like, I know right from the start, I, I, I may know a great deal of stuff, but I'm not going to tell you, well, I'm a believer came out on such and such a date and rose to number one by such and such a date and stayed there for, I, I don't care about that type of crap. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And besides, at the end of the day, it's about the flipping monkeys. That's right. And I think we have a visitor back there. Yeah, well, Mikey's <laughs> sneaking in to get something. What are you getting, bud? Nothing? You're putting stuff away? Yeah. Good boy. That, that's my boy. He's putting stuff away. He has to go up for his nap, but he knows enough to clean up after himself. You're not, but you're upstairs to play with your sister. Excellent. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, and I... There's a couple people that I've had to block some of their posts because they're either trying to one-up other people or, well, I guess it's the same thing. One-up about how close they are to other people. And I'm thinking, but, or girl, you just got your picture taken with them. That doesn't make you BFFs. Like, just yeah. enjoy it for what it is. You know, as long as you don't prove to be a psycho... You won't be mm -hmm. as one, especially by them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... It's just, I mean, I I, I basically feel sorry for folks like that because mm -hmm. it's just, that's... It, you get the impression that that's all they've got going on in their lives, and I just... I don't know. I, I it, You know, they'd probably be angry if, I, if, if they heard me say this, but really, I just... I pity folks who build that their lives around that kind of thing. So yep. I, hey, you know what? I think we've said this. You have to look at it as it's 
So just like anything that I want to learn or add to my own uh, skills or, you know, like, okay, I, I'm a martial artist, but do I define myself as just that? No, I, I'm an artist. I do that. Okay, I write songs. I like to be multifaceted. I like to, you know what I mean? I don't want to be known as just one thing. I'd like to know a, at least a little bit about everything. Okay, but yeah. a little bit about everything, but an awful lot about certain things. I'm with you. Right? Yeah. So. Totally. Yeah. And and, and just, uh, I, my big thing, like we said, we should look at each other as kindred spirits, not as, oh, yeah? Well, I know this about that. Oh, good for you. Tell you what. I, I walked into a room and somebody tried to start an argument with me about, I don't know if it was Doctor Who, which, wait, I'm, as you know, I'm just getting into. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was something along those lines where I just went, okay, wait, stop. You win whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. I, I submit. I'm not going to do play that game with you. Mm-hmm. And they're like... And then they don't kind of don't know what to do with you after you sort of, you know, okay, whatever. They typically yeah. will, will start to talk about it, but then once they realize that you don't care and they've already submitted, they just kind of get quiet, and then now they know that they don't feel threatened anymore. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I just, I don't understand. I guess some people just have to find their little source of power wherever it is. I just, you know, like I said, I kind of feel sad if that's the best thing they've got to feel, make themselves feel superior about. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. You know, but, um, oh, did you read about uh, back to the convention? I the 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 favorite thing of all weekend was the Nez concert. That's what oh. I keep hearing. I'm not again, not being partial, but there's a reason why I would be partial if I was. It's it's obvious. I mean, well, did you read my review of it? I read a bunch of reviews. I'm sure I did. Yeah. Have you re have you seen the video of it? Uh, I saw a video. It was kind of shaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's somebody who posted pretty much videos of the whole shebang. The most important thing you need to know is that he didn't play guitar. Right. Well, I read his post on why. But go Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I mean, I've been to a slightly embarrassing number of Nez and Monkeys with Nez concerts. I guess I believe that would have been number five. At the convention, because I'd been to two solo Nez shows and then two monkey shows in the couple of years prior to that. And I got to tell you, vocally, that was the best he has ever been by orders of magnitude. And I mean, he's gotten better at each one because like, you know, the first couple of times I could I, I, I heard him, I was like, you could tell that he hadn't really been singing very much for quite some time before that. But I mean... You know, he's Nez. He, he had the basic, you know, talent, and it was fine. But it was just each one, he got better and better. And then that last concert at the convention, it was just the energy was so much stronger. I think, at, well, at a certain point, 
he kind of started feeding off the crowd. I think once he kind of wasn't nervous anymore and he figured out that we weren't all going to start, you know, yelling at him to scream, you know, sing Mary Mary or some stupid nonsense like that. Once he figured out that we were Nez fans as well as Monkeys fans, you know, it was like he started loosening up and he started feeding off of us and we started feeding off of him. And it was just, a, it was a crazy night. And, um, Oh, that's uh, towards the end. We did like cruising uh, dance, and tonight he does them as sort of a, a set. Uh, I swear, he, he nearly tore the they nearly tore the roof off that place. It was amazing. <laughs> that's cool. Well, you know, he had said that too, and I had commented back to him because I feel the same. There's there's a certain ease. Not that one is better than the other, but. There is a benefit to not playing an instrument when you're singing because you get to focus entirely on your voice, how strong it is at any given moment, how long to hold the note, you know, yeah. the little inflections. It there is an obvious um, difference. That a good, bad, or indifferent is up to I guess each song or each time you do it, but. There is like I'll give you an example. I typically avoid doing karaoke because, and I'll do it if people nag me enough or if I just feel like ah heck with it, you know. And only because for myself, I'm like, well, I'm I'm used to being a my own singer songwriter. Karaoke is for lighthearted fun. I'm afraid I may take this too seriously. Mm -hmm. And but then again, you know, so that's my hesitation. I'm like, no, I do this all the time. I don't need to go up there and prove myself. Just no, let let people have fun. Right. When I do go up and do it, I'll typically pick Taxi by Harry Chapin. Because it's a song I used to sing before I played guitar when I was singing with a guy mm -hmm. who played piano. And that he mm -hmm. he knew it, so okay. Uh and you know, and I do it now playing guitar but this is one where i can just focus on every note and you know how long to hold it and not worry about the guitar part and because that's a tricky i mean harry chapin you're not faking harry chapin right uh to get to perform it without worrying about anything but my voice is a wonderful thing mm -hmm. so yeah i understood when when nez said about the freedom of not playing an instrument mm -hmm. um and i think there was he had something else going on which is why he wasn't playing guitar to begin with i can't remember what it was but right. I think somebody said I, I heard through somewhere something that he was having issues with his hand or something i don't know something yes uh just a momentary thing but hey whatever if we got to have that one concert to see of him just singing well, but see, I saw some photos. I haven't watched much stuff from this current tour that's going right now, but I saw a couple of photos from it, and he didn't have his guitar then either. Yeah, he's playing around with it. He said, Mickey always does this, and, and you know, Mickey always, mm -hmm. Mickey always said it's kind of fun, and so he's 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 having fun with it. He's exploring. Why the heck not? You don't, you know, <laughs> we all know he can pick up the guitar at any moment. He has nothing yeah. to prove, so have fun. Great. Yeah. I, and I just, I, 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 and, 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 hey, I got, you know, it's just, it's always going to be a little funny to me that the, the best 
concert I ever saw Nas perform at and possibly ever will was the night he didn't play his own instrument. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how, how was it when you, you got to meet him again? Uh, well, we just only talked for about, it was more of the standard meet and greet thing. It was maybe 30 seconds, but you know, you said, hi, nice to meet you. He's always a gentleman. And then he was signing my copy of, uh, listen to the band. Cause I did bring a monkey's thing. Cause that was a monkey's event. I didn't bring a monkey's thing to the Nes meet and greet, sure. but I did do that because, um, I, that was the first thing I'd ever had a, um, oh, let me grab it. I can show you. I've got all my monkey swag back here. I'll tell you uh, while you're grabbing that, I, I've seen some video of. Oh yeah, I have that. Yeah. Yep. That's that's a great one. Very nice. Yes, three autographs, and I'll send you. I've got a photo of it out on the website if you want to use it for the podcast. Sure. But um, the long story short is he signed it, and he was the last of the three to sign it because Peter had signed it back in '97. He was the first monkey I ever met. The first one I saw in concert. I saw him in in Dallas it, doing two-man band with James Lee Stanley, who, oh, God, that was an awesome night. Um, and then um, and then just the previous day with the whole giving me the cold thing, I'd had Mickey sign it. So Nez was the last one to sign it, and he, uh, he signed it, of course, and he said, and as you may have noticed on there, Davey hadn't. I never got Davey's signature. And he said, well, you almost got there. And I said, yeah, I guess I did. And he said, well, I guess that's how it goes sometimes. And it's like, <laughs> this is true. So, so he said, you know, he, he was a gentleman. It was great. And I didn't want to take a lot of his time because I knew I had, you know, 15,000 people in line behind me. But, you know, it was pleasant. And I got some things signed for some good friends of mine. And so we did that. And uh, let's see. I'm looking and seeing if there's anything else. I got to meet Fred Velez at the con because uh, con, he had the booth next to Melanie's. And uh, he's a sweetheart if you've never met him. He's a really good guy. Huh. Yeah, he's, um, you know, he's just, he's been in the fandom forever, since 66, and he's just got all this cool memorabilia, and he's just an interesting guy to talk to. I also met um, Cersei Link. Have have you ever seen Cersei and um, Christian. and Christian play? Um, they are wonderful. Yeah, well, they, they always post videos of them doing song other people's songs, typically, and mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I got to see them play, and they were really good. Um, Cersei just has such a wonderful voice, and she's a nice person, too, getting to talk to her. Nice. So, Oh, I remember what I was about to tell you about. Um, have you... Uh, well, you haven't seen it because it's just now out. Um, I got to see the sneak pretty few of the Boyce and Hart documentary. Oh, really? How was that? Oh, it was wonderful. I mean, it basically took them through their how their collaboration started and essentially went all the way through the 60s um and like did you know that they were involved in the um and the effort to get the constitutional amendment so that 18 year olds could vote no yeah they like wrote the theme song for that and were like went to dc and lobbied for it and all kinds of crazy stuff it was amazing that's cool yeah, and I also learned why Don Kirshner hired Tommy Boyce. You're going to love this story. Okay. Okay, so apparently um, uh, one of Don Kirshner's little, uh, you know, exec music executive friends um, had a thing 
for Tommy Boyce's um, girlfriend. And so he talked to his buddy Don Kirshner and said, hey, why don't you hire this guy and move him out to California? <laughs> I, I mean, I just, the, the, the room cracked up. Sheesh. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, that's kind of mad, man. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, and it was just really interesting to kind of see. I, I'm a sucker for all that behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, you know, the stories about the monkeys and all that were kind of interesting. But, uh, I mean, a lot of it wasn't necessarily as new to me because <laughs> I'm a big old monkeys nerd. But, but it was just interesting sort of seeing that back. You learned a lot about kind of the history of music, that area, and how music got made in those days, which was really interesting to me because it was also sort of it talked a lot about kind of that transition period and they were sort of living it from that time where every you know everything came out of you know the brill building and places like that and then they just sold you know songs to particular artists to more of the singer songwriter model and how boys and heart really tried to make that transition and you know, it even started to make that transition before they kind of broke up their collaboration. But it was interesting to sort of, it was an interesting way to kind of look at the, the history of that era. You know what I mean? And I love, I was amazed to find out years ago when I got like a, a Dolan's Jones Boyce and Heart CD. Mm -hmm. How many other songs other than Monkey Stuff that they had written? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, they wrote that? I did like a Chubby Checker tune, which just floored me. I didn't really? even know that. That was like their first top 40 hit or something. I forget the name of it, but huh. yeah. And they did a Indiegogo for the documentary about a, um, <clears throat> a couple of months ago. You probably saw me posting on it because I was trying to advertise for it and probably driving all my Facebook people nuts. But uh, they got most of the way to their goal, and I think they debuted it in Chicago this past weekend. So hopefully, it will be coming to a film festival and eventually maybe even a DVD player near you. So uh, make sure you check it out. Okay. So. Well, hey, I got, I don't know if you heard from previously, but I now got a Blu ray player, not because I want to get Blu rays, because I still don't. Mm -hmm. I go watch my Netflix through the TV now. I'm that same way. I've started doing that. I'm like, okay, this just made it so worth it, right? Just for that alone. Mm -hmm. I can watch stuff that I normally wouldn't get to see, uh, and I can watch it with my family if it's family appropriate. Right. You know. Um, what's it gonna oh, you know what I wanted to tell you? Talking about the Monkeys Convention. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, you could you could testify to this, I'm sure, because you've gotten to the, have the uh, the one-on-one -on -one with Nez. I felt bad for him as well as whoever was trying to talk to him at this convention. From the videos that I've seen because and I know this from, from going to Stargate conventions the what? Bodyguard, I guess for lack of a better term. The hired hand that has to stand with the celebrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, tend to get a little full of their own glory. Hmm. They, uh, from what I've just from what I've seen, I felt. Here's Nez now. Okay, because I'm not totally sure what you're talking about I'm here. I'm talking about people walk up to the table to get stuff signed. Okay, yeah. For the three minutes, like you said. 
Yeah, well, more like 30 seconds. Well, there, it, about it, it. Yeah. About. If it were up to him, you could tell he'd want to have a con thus why he does his con conversations. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, pays pretty well, too. Yeah. Well, that well, that's a different... <laughs> we said we weren't going to go there. <laughs> well, no, he said yeah. he doesn't take the money he doesn't no i know he doesn't i know i doesn't he doesn't i'm just being a smart aleck but yeah love, by the way <laughs> to, for him to go the money doesn't go to me i mm -hmm. i want i want to meet you people but there's a whole lot of legalities and money that has to exchange hand to make sure yeah. everything is set up right as it should be but anyway yeah. i'm sorry i interrupted your no, story no it's okay um he's trying to talk to people and they're trying to talk to him and they're both being rushed by the guy behind Nez. Mm-hmm. At one point, they go, can I get a picture of him? He's like, yeah, sure. You know, wonderful and sweet and the way you're supposed to be. And the guy goes, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. What? And the video I saw, Nez goes, oh, oh, we got caught. What? What? And he, he just kind of is looking around and he's like, let's, let's do it quick. You know, they're, they're so full of their quote-unquote power that they're going to interrupt his moment with a fan. I wonder if it's that or if I wonder if it's that Nez would rather somebody else be the bad cop. Uh, in my experience, it's t it, it isn't uh, the famous person. Mm -hmm. uh, it's because he wouldn't have, he didn't, in this case, we're going to speak about Nez. He didn't have to say yes. He could have said, I can't. Mm -hmm. And even then that would have been acceptable. Like I'd love to, but I can't right now because they won't let me. Instead, he was like, yeah, sure. Absolutely, buddy. Come here. You know? Well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know the story behind that. Cause I didn't see that one occur and I didn't see any video of it. Um, well, my, you know, but there was also a thing that was said due to the overwhelming number of people who wanted to get um, Nez stuff autographed, he wasn't taking photos in the autographs. You had to go to a separate photo session. Sure, and, and they may think like, well, why would they bother to go get one later on and pay for it when he just said yes and you can get the photo, you know. But at the mm -hmm. same time, don't interrupt them. Love of God, let, you know, it was his choice. Mm-hmm. Let, you're, everybody's gonna get their money anyway. If Nez says yes, I would get a picture with you right now. Let him go. Mm -hmm. you know? And overall, I just felt like it was they were much more pushy as opposed to just letting him enjoy the moment and you know the 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 get uh, the fans enjoy it with him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just I, I yeah, and it may have been what you saw because. I when I went through the line, um, of course, I didn't ask for photo because I've already had, I've already got more f photos of me with Nez than I ever thought I'd get in my life. <laughs> um, and so I didn't get a photo. I, you know, I had all my stuff together and ready for signing and all my tickets. So I was trying to make their life easier because I knew there were 200 people in line behind me. Right. So it's like... And I had a really good, smooth experience with his, you know, helper, bouncer guy. Um, but, but at the same time, it's like, yes, I feel for the guy who was just in there and wanted the 
photo, but I also feel for the 250 people who are in line behind that guy. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Yeah. But I know from my experience, when I got to chat with Nez, we were all just like, hey, we're all going to meet him. There, nobody needs to push or fight mm -hmm. or carry on. You want yeah. to go first? Be my guest. That's fine. You know? And it was a mm -hmm. very uh, giving group as opposed to the me, 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 I want, give me, I want now, me, no, I don't oh, yeah. care, you know, I don't care what you want, I want. Mm -hmm. So I just, it was just the, the difference uh, between him getting to run the show and him like letting somebody else, you know, kind of push it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much, you know, that was his rules and, and what he'd set down and versus what the convention venue was. I just only know that, you know, in the experiences we had, I don't know how many was at your conversation reception that was about, I counted it up heads. It seemed like it was about 30, 35 at mine. It was a little yeah. oversold, but not majorly. He had a, Somebody told me he had a seven-hour line at one point on Saturday at the convention. Sheesh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's like I, I can sort of see both sides of that one, just in that one day in that one context. But you know what? He was still wonderful and sweet from everything. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yes. But to watch him even deal with that the way that he did, mm -hmm. he was still... Uh, kind to everybody and sweet and he, at one point so he's like how, how's this going for you he's like well it's you know it's good kind of it, it's long he kind of like expressed like he doesn't get to get up and move around and, and yeah i think he yeah i think they like he like gets to take a bathroom break once an hour or one of those things those signing things and it's just i could not uh, you know i thought this for a long time the very first meet and greet i ever went with any of them was with um you know, Peter back in 97, but even the ones that I've been to more recent, it was just, I could not do what any of those guys do. And I know some people will say, not not about Nez, I don't think I've ever heard any bad meet and greet stories about Nez, but uh, I've heard them about some others, that sometimes they will get a little cranky or tired or difficult. It's like, you know, if I was having to sit there for two, three hours at a stretch, signing things while, you know, overexcited people told me semi-coherently how I'd changed their life. I mean, I might find that a little draining myself. Sure. And you're also on. All exactly. The time. I could not do you can't on. Phone it in. If you phone it in, then that's terrible because you're yeah. giving. You just have to give and give and mm -hmm. give. So that's why when I can still watch people such as Nez still be a sweetheart. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? You just, you're proving why I just adore you as a person. Well, I think that's why he, I think that's why he limits the numbers of, you know, those experiences he provides through various means is that he knows that, my guess is he has enough self-image, self-knowledge to know he only has so much energy to give. So he wants to make sure that he does it in a controlled environment and you know in the best way and gives those people the best experience possible which i think is a good yeah. you know i think it's a good way to thread that particular needle you know what i'm what, saying what about this what about the fact that now when you show up to see nez he's gonna give you a picture and some music mm -hmm. do you not want to hug him or i mean come on hi you're coming to see me i have a gift for you 
Nobody's no. asking for that. Nobody expects that. We're, you know, I adore that. I mm-hmm. just think, you, wow. It was a very, uh, it was a very smart. Yes, I think that is very sweet of him, and most celebs don't do that. And I think it was a very smart decision announcing that around the same time that he announced the new prices for the for the meet and greets. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Which again, he's like, yeah, not my not my fault, not no. for me. But please, you, you know, I, I I have talked to people who do. I don't really. The monkeys are basically the only people who I uh, celeb. I have a lot of celebs I respect, but. In general, I don't have the urge to go meet um, them. I mean, the monkeys are sort of the exception that proved the rule for me. And now I've met all three of them, so I don't know that I would do their lines again. Except maybe if I did another conversation reception. Okay. But and there's your special. That's so special. That's not yeah. you're part of the cattle. You're there part of something sweet and intimate. Exactly. And I, I just, I don't my this is my thing i don't like the whole cattle call experience um but as far as the prices he's charging this this time around um from what i understand that is not out of line from what other celebrities charge for similar meet and greet you know experiences where it's more than just the you know sign something and yell next right what is it by the way 250 250 just for the meet and greet just for the meat well with the goodies he's given you now right um, and you are limited to as 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 before one monkey's item and 10 nez items they uh, they, they changed that because apparently some guy at the last conversation reception uh tours showed up with a bag of like uh. 70 nez albums like grow the <clears throat> up well cindy and i talked about it and we're like Oh look you can get a signed picture of such and such and then we're like yeah no that's not really what meeting uh, to get a signature mm-hmm. is not about look i got them that actually signed this i bought this on ebay i bought this yeah. on that's not what makes it worthwhile it's the fact that it's a memento of that moment in time exactly just like I... all those, the pictures that i have with nez mm-hmm. oh, I, that's proof yeah. i can look at it every day and go yeah that wasn't a dream that happened that occurred, yes. I, sometimes I think that's why I wrote that blog, is so I could go back and say, yes, those things happen. But, yeah, I mean, I like the listen to the band thing I showed you earlier. I, I, I mean, yes, I got that autographed, and no, that thing's never going on eBay. Um, but but it's it, it matters to me because of who I was and where I was when I bought that box set first off. Because, I mean, that's not some, you know, mint condition thing I just got because it was in nice shape. I mean, I picked it up at a record store like three weeks after I rediscovered the monkeys back in the 90s. And... And uh, it's been signed by all three of them, but I I don't treasure it because of the signatures. I treasure it because of the memories that are attached to that box. Because, you know, the day Peter signed that thing in 97 was the first time I'd ever met any monkey. And I was utterly tongue-tied and I was 19, uh, yeah, 19 years old. And he was just an utter sweetheart. And then I'll always get to remember that Mickey gave me that stupid cold, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then just that sweet conversation I had with Nez when he added his his signature and those that's why I treasure that thing because of those memories that are connected to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But that's why it drives you nuts when you could tell the people who wheel a wagon up of stuff 
that they just want signed. They just want, you know, because yeah. they might sell it. I don't understand why anybody would do such a thing, but uh, I, I, that's not what a signature is there for, for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like everything you just said is my thought, too. Exactly. Um, so that went well for you. I'm, I'm glad. That went wonderfully for me. And anybody who's curious about reading just in more gory detail about kind of the exact things I uh, that happened to me can go read it at my website, www.fandomlenses.com. There was a lot of stuff we didn't get into. We got we didn't even really get up into my friend who dressed up like uh, Princess Gwen and got her photo taken with Nez. Saw that. Saw, saw that wasn't it. that awesome <laughs> i love the look on nez's face we met apparently she made his weekend from oh. what i understand so <laughs> um so let's talk what else did you you have on a you have a list and oh I, yeah i sent you a whole lot of things what are you thinking about agents of shield well for anybody who has been listening to the previous episodes from the the episode the end of the beginning mm-hmm. it has become not just a good show before it was a good show it had potential yeah you know we can nitpick it and say well it needs a little more of this it needs a little more of that it jumped to an excellent show oh yes i i agree with you the i the only thing is i didn't like sky a whole lot um prior to when the shift happened in Captain America. I did not like Skye. I thought, you know, she was just, we were being told we should love her more than I was being shown evidence to love her. But I gotta tell you, this last week with Ward, I love me some Skye. Yep, yeah, they actually Finally, she has lived up to her billing. Right? Like us. Now you're smart because now we actually sympathize with you. Exactly. I don't care. Oh, you're an orphan, and, and, and you don't know where you came from, and then you But yet you're a little smart mouth, who's a cliche, who gets picked mm-hmm. by Shield. And I'm like, why? Why did? She, why is she part of the team? Yes. She's she's an enemy. They would normally have just shot her and left her in a back alley, type of a thing. <laughs> you know? Like, oh. And up till about two her. months ago, I would have approved of that. Right. Me too. Well, hey, when they shot her, twice, mm-hmm. second time in the gut, I'm like, good, kill her. That's yes. because you know the the Joss Whedon uh, twist. Mm-hmm. Okay, Joe, you're waiting for that. Okay, well we've gotten to know her enough, and now they can just let her die. It, it's yeah. tragic. It would bring the uh, the gang together. Blah blah blah. Let her be dead. And then when they didn't, I'm like, come on, I want her dead. Yeah. Well, I guess that was your chance to. To surprise us, I guess that's not going to happen. Oh, holy crap, yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. That was truly just, uh, we, wow. Right? Well, that was where it turned the corner for you, too. Oh, totally, totally. You saw Captain America. Of course, and <laughs> I loved every minute of it. I mean, I never disliked Steve Rogers. I always liked the character. You have to understand, I'm mostly acquainted with these guys, you know, all the... All of the Avengers universe, basically, I'm acquainted through the movies. Sure. And um, I liked st- the first Captain America movie. Okay, it was sweet. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, but it was not It was not my, uh, my favorite from the franchise thus far. I'm a little bit more of a, an Iron Man girl in a way. And so um, when the 
um, uh, but Captain America too is like he won me, you know. I'm telling you that it's like you know, yes, Thor's awesome, Iron Man, but yeah, I mean, I just I loved everything about that, and just kind of this the 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 this fish out of water and how he just saw clearly to the core of what was going on and you know how he accepted that maybe the world was more complex than it was in the 40s but how he still found a way to kind of balance that with his basic decency and values and say no this isn't right well yeah and the, the conversation that he had in the beginning with Nick Fury I'm like I love the ideal that you're trying to push there, Cap, but Nick Fury's right. I'm, yeah. You can have your big dreams and hopes and let that guide you and blah, 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 blah. However, you can't ignore the monster outside your door. Right. And I thought it was really fascinating the way that he kind of balanced that by the end of the movie. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm telling you, I, I've i never been a big Captain America guy, mm -hmm. but this movie was honestly one of the best movies I've ever seen. And that's saying something. I mean, I'm talking about, I love Indiana Jones and back to the future movies. That's high praise. Oh, wow. Batman, obviously. Uh, so to, to watch this in the theater and have Cindy lean over halfway through and say, okay, so this is probably the best movie I've ever seen. And then in the <laughs> end, to, <laughs> in the end to, to have both of us just like, wow. Mm -hmm. Holy crap, I had no problem with that movie at all. As a matter of fact, it kept surprising me. Yeah, I oh. think it might be my... Th it's probably in my top three um, uh, movies from the Avengers universe because the first one's Avengers, uh, obviously. The second one is probably Thor. Um and then third is uh, is Captain America, too. I mean, it was just wonderful. Well, it was funny because people were saying, oh, this is better than Avengers. I'm like, really? I don't know if I'd really? go that far. I do. But... I do. I Because, again, <clears throat> Avengers was the top because it had all of them together. Right. It had so, so much dynamic because no matter which one of the team's movies you like best, well, you got them all now and you get to watch, mm -hmm. talk to each other and clash and blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Then this comes out I'm like, holy crap. And I think part of what made it excellent was mm -hmm. with Avengers, it had to, there was intentional lag time as there should have been. Yes. Or they needed to have certain conversations and you had to focus a little more on the villain and, you know, a reason for them to get together and talk about that. And, and that's fine. No complaint. But Cap starts off at 11 and just keeps going mm -hmm. and I, uh, like wow oh oh holy crap oh this is bad oh wow yeah you know that's true it doesn't i mean it hits the ground just about running and does not let up for and also wasn't hours. stupid it wasn't like stupid action it wasn't well we just have to have explosions like a like a, a michael bay movie for the most part, yes, I agree. Yeah, I, I found it a little too action-y toward the end, but that's just kind of my level of taste. Yeah. But in general, I really liked it. I, I thought it, I mean, it was excellent, and I love Captain America now, so there you go. And to have, to come ho home, I don't know if you heard the previous episode, uh, but talk no, I haven't about had Captain a chance. America. I, coming home, I stopped in uh, Burger King. It was late. Mm -hmm. Well, I, it was when 
that episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. was on. Turn, turn, turn. Oh! Uh, yeah. So, I the whole place was silent, even though it was packed full of people. I turned the corner, and I could see tables full of people not talking to each other. They're all turned, leaning forward, watching S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm like, yes! Yes, <laughs> you're getting it! This is excellent! And I run, run home. The next night, I was able to watch it. And uh -huh. so... I got to watch it at the perfect time. Yeah. You know, because, was, okay, saw the first part, saw Captain America, and then, to, and it felt like, okay, you're watching part of Captain America. Yes. How does that happen? It was so well connected up together. It was like, finally, we saw the potential of what this thing could could have been, you know, the only, and, and would be. The only thing I'm worried about, which I, I hope they don't do, because it would be such a cliche mistake, is I hope they don't try and do the redemption of Ward. Oh, I, that is exactly what I'm terrified of, yes. No, he's a bad guy. He's always been a bad guy, as we'll see. With they show his yeah. recruitment in this week's episode. Yeah, I, I I was wondering if you'd saw that. Did you see the little teaser they put up? I watched it right I, before we got on. Me too, with uh, him <laughs> coming to to talk to him and and recruit him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just watched that too, and I'm like, see, look, right from right then and there, he was always a bad guy. He wasn't good, and then got kind of persuaded. No, he was a scumbag who killed his brother. Mm-hmm. In a fire. Yeah. The parents were going to throw him in jail like, uh, you can't go, well, yeah, but he likes guys, so therefore he's ridiculous. Well, and I'm so glad, I was just, I was so glad when um, Sky called, called him on that stuff, because it's just, this is one of my pet peeves in movies where you know the guy says something like that to the girl and the girl just melts because oh he's got such a tragic backstory it's like no 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 you're killing no. cops you're running yeah. out of a diner and just gunning down police officers mm -hmm. there's no mercy in the way he's remember when they got to the the fridge right and they're on the uh the yeah. elevator and he just goes boom, boom and shoots the guys in the back of the head Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you're not a good guy. You'll never be a good guy. No. And they're going and I, full force, too, with yeah. They haven't slowed down. Yeah, and and I love it. And it has just been nonstop action. I'm sad Patton Oswalt only got so few episodes, but that was just so cool. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you. Patton Oswalt, I loved watching King of Queens. And then Cindy and I, uh -huh. oh, look, he's going to do stand-up. Let's let's check it out. Let's see, oh. let's see what his stand-up is. Oh, Oh, I don't like his his views of the world. I don't like his attitude. He's kind of like a smart mouth. Um, I hate everybody and everything. And I'm like, oh. Well, that's, that's... how 90% of stand-up is anymore. Exactly. And so I'm like, oh, no. Okay, no. And, you know, things I've seen, even when he's being poignant on stuff, and he can be, mm -hmm. I still go, yeah, okay. Well, I still don't cheer for you most of the time but on this i'm like i like you i like your character and i actually mm -hmm. cindy and i both went oh when he was yeah. killed and mm -hmm. each other honest to god we both said did we just go oh because pat noswell got killed <laughs> yeah i mean it was a small part but he nailed it but i gotta tell you if they'd had one of those lie detector chairs at the Triskelion or the Hub or the Fridge, wouldn't have that solved everybody a world of hurt? Well, how about this? They, somebody said, and, and I agree, 
at the point where you are holding a gun on somebody because the lie detector, which works, is telling you there's something not right about this. And Just shoot him! Shoot him! Shoot him! Shoot him! You can always get another agent. At this yeah. time, you don't roll the dice, and because he went... Oh, wait, you said it in a different way now. Oh, well, now I'll just let you go. No, you deserve to die at that point. You're an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I, I'm like, no, I can't. That was a bad move. Well, no. it was that he then had the opening to say, I'm doing it for Sky, which, of course, you know, he interpreted in a totally different way. Which but... is why you don't say, you know, oh, okay. Oh, I'm going to take it the way I want to take it. You go, yeah. explain. That's a little too faint. Yeah. Tell me exactly like, what you're talking about. I want to know how many times a week you guys are <clears throat> and all that kind of stuff. I'm not just going to say, oh, how sweet. Here's your lanyard, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, I'm, I haven't seen that it was officially picked up yet. Yeah, they're still, that's, that's got me a little concerned. I don't know what that means. If it, it was, I'm almost wondering if it was always meant to be a one series thing. Which somebody said, which would be the stupidest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. It would just be so dumb if they end this and go, what, we always intended to be a one, one uh, season. Ha, ha, ha. Good. Now you've dropped your, your foothold in the television world, Marvel. Mm -hmm. uh, why would you give that up? Especially since now the rest of the world is going, oh, this is an excellent show. Yeah. Well, I mean, Marvel own, you know, Disney owns Marvel, owns ABC. So, I mean, they can start up a new series whenever they want to. So it's going to be, I don't know. I think they could do a second season. It could be interesting. I think a lot of it depends on what movies they're planning to come out because it's obviously mostly meant to help juice those. But there's enough interesting story in its own right. I think they could get, I wasn't so sure of this a, few, uh, a month or two ago, but I think they could get an interesting second season about this. Oh, I want to see more. Hmm? Oh, I, I know about some of the guest appearances that are going to happen in the next couple episodes. I don't know about oh. you. But here's what they can do. Just my two cents. Mm -hmm. They can do what everybody originally said. Like, why don't you have a couple more um, superheroes show up now and again? It doesn't even have to be the yeah. Avengers. Marvel yeah. has a plethora of many level A to Z level characters that mm -hmm. they can play with. I mean, you're you're building Death uh, Deadlock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly. You know, Kevin has a similar depth of comics knowledge that you do, and that's what he's been saying is we need to see more of those folks. Because, and, and you know, it, it you just use that to be your catalyst. Mm -hmm. These guys from Shield are our behind-the-scene, everyday view, good. Right. Use it to start like they have, again, like they have ever since that turn, turn, turn episode. Mm -hmm. Of course, the question is, what, how connected do they stay with that world now that S.H.I.E.L.D. is no longer S.H.I.E.L.D.? For now. Do you really think there's not going to be a S.H.I.E.L.D.? I, I, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with it. I think there's going to be some sort of, um, some sort of organization. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Tony Stark will slip him some pocket change or something. I sort of see them maybe, maybe given some teasing that possibility a little bit. Something like, sure. But uh, yeah, they're going to have shield, whether it's sanctioned or not, there's still going to be mm -hmm. shield. Yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, first of all, 
with the show doing right from the beginning good enough to keep going that that was never in yeah uh the fact that it slipped in ratings initially was their own fault because of the setup that they were trying to do yeah it's now paying off so with right. that in mind they should get a second season and uh you have Josh Whedon, who's already been had it stuck to him a few times now with mm-hmm. Firefly. I mean, yeah, he's Mister Avengers now. Do you really think he can't write or should shouldn't be able to write his own check for anything he wants? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's my theory. My theory is if Marvel and Josh Whedon and all that crew, if they want there to be a second season of Agents of Shield, there will be a second season of Agents of Shield. Right, and if they don't have it. God help them, because at this mm-hmm. point, what what would it take for you to just leave Joss alone? Yeah, let him do what he wants. Leave him alone. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna provide for you. Well, my theory is even if they if and I don't think this is very likely. If there's not a season, a second season of Agents of Shield, if it was really devised as a one and done type thing, then there will be something else Marvel associated in that time spot that will go in. And it, it will just be exploring a different area of the Marvel Universe. I would hope so. I, yeah. You know, from your mouth to God's ears. I'll feel better once we hear definitively. Oh, me too. What, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it it is it is the only thing. Oh, it's it it is just about the only thing that I record and watch religiously every week on my DVR anymore. I mean, it. Big Bang Theory and, you know, Cutthroat Kitchen because I'm a big old Alton Brand Brown fan. I mean, that's about all I watch as it comes out anymore. Even Game of Thrones I'm catching up on DVD, so. Cindy uh, Cindy had stopped watching uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. around the time a lot of people did, but obviously I kept watching it. Because I'd say, all right, this episode you should see, this episode, here's mm-hmm. what happened. I'd fill her in on anything that was, you know, our time is limited with any sort of well, yeah. watching. So it has to make the cut, and then we'll watch a lot of it on demand, as opposed mm-hmm. to when it's first airing. Um, but once this hit, I said, first thing, I, I had mentioned about the the end of the beginning episode, then we saw Cap, and then I saw the next part, and after that I said, stop what you're doing right now. Get in there and watch it. It's on demand. Watch it. Mm-hmm. And she, oh, okay, okay, it's that good? I'm like, I can't even... Yeah. Remember Cap that we just saw yesterday? Yeah. Get there and watch it. It. <laughs> just, and I waited, and then she came back and went. She came upstairs because she was watching it downstairs. She's like, oh, "Holy crap! Ward is." I'm like, "I know." Yes. You know, and I love to watch the rest of the world catch on. Uh, yeah, it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I stuck with it, but I'll be honest, there were a few episodes in kind of that middle drought of the season where I was in part, I don't know that I would have kept watching it if Kevin hadn't been as into it as it was. And it was just, we also, for different reasons, have have kind of limited TV watching time too. And it was something he really liked. So I was happy to sit down with him in front of the TV and, and you know, we DVR'd it and we had a, a good evening. And I mean, there are certainly worse things on TV, even Bad Shield still probably better than 80% of what's on television. That is true. So. That is true. And just, and we've just been, oh, I have just been 
glued to it for the last few weeks like everybody else. And I am with you. I hope... I have a bad feeling. Well, I mean, we all know Ward's going to die. So it, the think? question... Yeah. The question is whether um, they give him a... Um, you know, they give him just sort of a juicy revenge death where Coulson or Sky nails him, or if they go the Darth Vader Professor Snape redemption route. I think, and again, we'll see who's right. I think he won't die. I think at the most it'll look like he died, but we know Interesting. he's going to come back. He's going to be the recurring villain type of a guy because why waste him? There's no need to, to make him go away with him having such clear ties to the team that he knows so well. You know, hmm. there's no reason to, to wipe him out when you can just use and abuse your heroes with him. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I think they will either kill Ward or his boss. Dang it, what's his name? Yeah. Yeah, or Bill Paxton. Right. <laughs> They'll either kill Ward or Bill Paxton, but they're not going to kill both of them. And I think the one who survives will be that they think he's dead, but he's not. And then he starts raising havoc. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited. Though. I can't believe there's only like two episodes left. Oh, I know. It's going to be good stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward oh to it. I, it hurts. I'm like, but, but the world is getting it now. We're all, thank God they didn't wait for it to be a season finale where it turned around. Well, you know what I want to do now is I want to, once the thing's over, I'm actually not sad about it going on hiatus because what I'm planning to do, I hope they rerun them from the start. And if not, I'll just get, you know, I'm on Netflix forever. I'm going to watch the thing from day one, knowing what we know now and seeing where they put the Easter eggs. Yep. 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 And that I'll, it's funny too, because early on, I'm like, I don't need to own this show. It's, mm -hmm. it's all right. It's connected to Marvel, but who cares? I'm a comic book guy, but that doesn't mean I have to own it. And this isn't really thrilling me. And now I have to own it. Yeah. Just on that, on one episode alone, I'm like, I have to own it. Mm-hmm. And I, I tweeted to um, Marvel and ABC and uh, Disney and whoever. I said what they need to do is put out a re-edited version of Captain America Winter Soldier mixed in Ooh. with the shield those that two-part shield or even Ooh. yes because now we get to see exactly at what moment because you know how they reference oh Nick Fury uh -huh. oh well Cap wrapped everything up oh well that you can place all those moments throughout that movie yeah right I mean even if that it's would... a... go ahead even if it's not yeah I think it's smart. If people will buy I'd buy it. I would buy it too. Yeah. <laughs> I'd at least want to catch it on Netflix. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And I oh, just love it. What else? Mm -hmm. um, tell me about the article that I read, but I figured, all right, I'm not going to really get deep into this thought without you. That it was about sexism. Basically. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that was it. Go ahead. Yeah, sexism in comics. And, okay, here's the thing. Um, you have been encouraging me over the last few months that I need to get more into comic books. Yes. And I have become sort of what I'd call a comic fan-in-law, sort of like 
Kevin's kind of become a monkeys fan in law. I've become a fan by marriage. He's given me, you know, classics, this and that. Uh, I've read Watchmen. I've read a lot of other Alan Moore stuff. I've read um, various things that he's handed me over the years that I like. And in general, I like the stuff he's given me. But I would not call myself a comic book fan, and I struggle with the idea of really becoming one because here's the thing. As a woman it doesn't happen to me as much now but certainly as a younger woman i would walk in to a comic store and you know how the scene sometimes goes in the western movie where the guy you know the the, the, the hero walks in it's like all the you know all the conversation dies and everybody just stares sure. that's what Maybe it doesn't literally happen, but it's certainly what it feels like it happens a lot of times when you walk into a comic store. Uh, It seems to be less so now that I'm generally walking in there with my husband, because then they just don't see me, which is okay, too. Um, But then you look around on the walls, and you see this as, as a woman, and you see all these front covers with the anatomically impossible bosoms and things like that, and you're just thinking... This stuff isn't meant for me. This stuff isn't written for me. And it's just, okay, I'm obviously not in the target demographic. So I turn around and leave the store without buying anything. And I, I don't feel like particularly oppressed or anything, but I feel like I'm essentially not, there's not necessarily a place for me in that community. Hmm. And that's the thing that, you know, and... Over the years, I've sometimes wondered, well, maybe I'm just being a little too judgmental. Maybe it's, you know, I need to give these things a shot. And, you know, I found a few things over the years that I liked. I loved Strangers in Paradise. A friend turned me on to that that one, and I read the whole thing of it. Um, He's got other titles I can recommend for you. Yeah, okay. And and, um, I've read, I have not read all of Fables, but I've read a goodly chunk of it. And uh, I love Fables. That's good stuff. Um, And then... But then I think, okay, maybe I should get more into comics and comics fandom. But then I read these things, like that article I sent you, where it's just this person who is a writer and an artist within the comics community essentially criticizes... Basically, she she wrote a article which was a critique of the title uh, of the cover of the new Teen Titans reboot. Okay. And uh, if you clicked into it, um, it's called Anatomy of a Bad Cover. Um, DC's new Teen Titans number one. The 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 shot. Now I sort of know what Teen Titans are because I watched the cartoon when it was out. Uh, I don't know about seven or eight years ago, and I thought it was like nice. It was cute. I liked it. But if I were a person walking into a comic store, the cover would turn me off because you've got this this blonde. 19 year I assume teenage girl I'm not sure who the character is uh, because I'm not that familiar with any it's not any of the ones I remember the cartoon Uh, Wonder Girl apparently and Wonder Girl sure her breasts she's in this topless thing that like stops maybe an you know this 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 strapless thing that stops like maybe an inch above her nipples if that and her breasts in this cover art are literally bigger than her head Mm-hmm. You look at the cover, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's a great look for something called Teen Titans. <laughs> I, 
I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, on whatever floats your boat, but you know, as a female comic reader, I'm going to look at that and go, well, that's obviously not marketed to me and move on. And the person who was critiquing this cover basically came to a similar conclusion and essentially said, this is not going to appeal to kids. It's bad marketing as well as just bad art, you know, cause it's not any even remotely realistic drawing of the human form. And essentially in her responses to this, um, to this critique of a bad comic book cover, she was getting rape threats. I heard about that. Yeah. From these people in the fandom who were, you know, basically calling, you know, calling her a feminist as if that's a bad word. (laughs) We're not going to go down that rabbit hole today, but, um, you know, basically because she didn't like a comic book cover, they're threatening her with violence and trying to look up her home address and crap like that. And, um, when that is the face that a fandom is putting out to a wider culture that that's what they're about why should i get more into comics you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um I, I will give you my thoughts uh yeah here's the thing there is a percentage I, not that I, I can say I personally have never met anybody with those type of views. Mm-hmm. Uh, back at the comic book store, uh, I would go to Comics on the Green in Scranton. People don't... Well, a couple thoughts. I'm just... If I can ramble for a second. Ramble away. I'm curious as to your thoughts on this. I understand from your point of view about that feeling when you first walk in there and all the heads go, there's yeah. a girl in here! <laughs> That has not... I'm sure it, it, there are some people in this world who do feel that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Shame on them. But I personally can, ha, can say I've never experienced that. I've never witnessed it. I've never heard anybody speak ill. Or, let's go to the other side of it, the, the um, uh, Big Bang Theory type of view that they try to push out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know what to do. There's a girl. <laughs> that doesn't happen. That's no. That's not realistic. It's not. It 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 doesn't happen. If anything, you're celebrated as good for you. Mm-hmm. I've watched uh, Nick's girlfriend has walked into uh, when I first met them. They were both in there, uh, and you know you strike up conversation. And it comes down to the individual. If you're someone who didn't know anything about it, well, then you're going to have decent people who are, oh, well, what are you into? Can I help you find something? Because the average comic book reader that would go to the store, just let's just say normal comic book reader, is looking to, very much with our monkeys conversation, hi, you're welcome to the family. Mm-hmm. You're someone I've never met, but boy, you're you're now my hero because I I haven't met you before, and now we have so much to talk about. That's the view. Mm-hmm. Um, every so now and again, you'll see something online where maybe once a year, I think somebody says something sexist or stupid and mm-hmm. crap like that. Um, it happens. I don't. Again, in my personal experience, I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that part of it. The other part is, as far as 
the over uh, sexual drawing covers. That has always been a thing. Uh, that man, let me tell you, if if a, a boy to a man is ever getting their jollies from looking at an artist's cover, mm-hmm. they got more issues going on than we can ever possibly. I don't know why they think. Okay, here's a great example. There's a character, if you can look it up while we're talking, Power Girl. Ah, yes. She's a cliche, and she's mm-hmm. a comical character because when they made her, they intentionally gave her gigantic boobs, and for no reason whatsoever, there's a hole cut where her cleavage is in her uniform. Mm-hmm. It is, yes. It has been pointed out as the most impractical superhero outfit. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's kind of always looked at as a joke. Yeah. That extreme. But the, a lot of the artists are now tending to go towards the more practical. There are some people who are against everything's too practical as far as like a, an outfit that a superhero wears. Uh, Robin doesn't wear short shorts. Hasn't, mm-hmm. hasn't worn them since the 80s. <laughs> uh, because you don't go out and fight crime with your legs bare right your arms bare you just it doesn't make sense so the same thing typically and again it depends on the comic it depends on the company uh it you know it depends on who cares enough to care mm-hmm. will make somebody's uniform okay much more practical of course then they'll say well the other thing is they're not going to be drawing ugly women because nobody wants to look at ugly women okay sure but do they have to be so like that wonder girl picture ba-boom right in your face yeah. and and in that picture she is the center mm-hmm. i swear her her cleavage was bigger than beast boy right well there's also a famous Catwoman cover that came out last year or the year before where mm-hmm. the artist drew her contorted to such a way where it's her face, her big boobs past her head, and then her butt is sticking out on the other side. Yeah. That got quickly pulled because the art was terrible as far as the proportions. Well, yeah. And two, it was an obvious buy me because look at my boobs. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, doesn't happen in most comics. It's not. It's never about that unless they tell you, hey, guess what? This is a sex comic. Yeah. Um, so it, for you and anybody who's a fan of quality, uh, writing, there are great titles. Mm -hmm. Uh, The, like you said, Strangers in Paradise is a great one. Uh, Terry Moore is the writer and artist. Right. I adore his stuff. He has, and I'm going to send you some links. He did one called Echo, and it was a maxi series, which means okay. it went on for a while, but then he had a beginning, middle, and end. Right. He's now doing one called, uh, I always flip the name, Raising Rachel or Rising Rachel, mm-hmm. or Rachel Rising. That's an ongoing that I you jump on board. You loving good sci-fi and, and all that mystical stuff Okay. is... It's an ongoing that you would love. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, that's the other bad cliche. A lot of people think that 
comics are just superhero stuff. Yeah, and I enjoy a lot of non, quote, superhero things. As do I. Mm-hmm. But it's the quality. Oh. Right. Uh, I can help, and I've done this for people, I will gladly, if you're interested, steer you towards the best of superhero and non-superhero. Huh? Well, you know, I'm uh, this summer. I'm kind of working on watching some classic Doctor Who, just because I feel like I, you know, it's one of those things you should. Right. And but yeah, after I kind of do that, I'm, I might start looking into comics more. I'll probably also talk to Kevin and see what he'd recommend, though he's kind of been out of it the last couple of years. So, so yeah, between the two of you, yeah. I'm telling you, and it, it's one of those you, you'd be able to get them on your iPad, right? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll send you links, and that way you'll have them in your email. Right. To go back to whenever you want. Sure, that sounds um, great. I'm telling you, because it, it's my pleasure to, to help mm-hmm. sort... I, I said this to somebody yesterday, uh, a different Sarah. I love that I can help sort through the crap. Yeah. I've been reading nonstop comics uh, weekly since I was 15. Mm-hmm. So... I know what holds up. I know what's worth your time. Right. I know something, and this is, relates to you, a, a good story that could change your life. It sounds stupid, but honest to God, things that will stay with you forever. Awesome. Oh, it's, it's, mm-hmm. and if I can do that for someone, I, that's, I feel like I've done something good for this world. Aw. <laughs> well, awesome. I think I'll try that. And, you know, see, here's the thing. I know that 97, 98% of the guys in comic fandom are most likely guys like you. You're a good guy. Kevin's a good guy. Most of the comic book people I know well are basically decent human beings. It is, it's just interesting to me when the jerks do start speaking up. I guess, I guess what I, I, wonder is if when the jerks do speak up if the good guys tell them they're being jerks you know what i'm saying oh because you said there's those times where you do occasionally see it you know well and and i think that's why we're talking about it because people are catching them and calling them on their crap yeah it's more of a can you believe that this happened Mm -hmm. that really somebody actually rape threats are you kidding like it enrages the comic book community same thing like what nick and i will go on about big bang theory it Mm -hmm. is not helping the comic culture the way that they make reference and to the non-comic book reading uh viewership you're painting a bad picture of well i thought the one where the girls started getting into it was actually pretty good right but that was always wrapped around the bad you know, oh, they're such mm-hmm. geeks. In the end, you're like, oh, look at ha ha ha. But look at all that you had to tolerate just to get to that. Mm. You know what I mean? And in the end, who's going to remember that part of it? I made this parallel. I don't remember where on Facebook or Tumblr or something a while ago. Yes, um, Big Bang Theory is full of stereotypes about nerd culture. Um, I sort of see it as the kind of equivalent of what Will and Grace was back in the late 90s, early 2000s, because that 
show was chock full of similarly ridiculous stereotypes about gay culture. Mm -hmm. But it still then brought that world into people's homes and went, okay, these people aren't scary. They're just, you know, like you and me, basically. And, and by having, you know, opening that world and having that conversation, I mean, I'm not saying that we, you know, they're why we have gay marriage today, but, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see sort of how that preceded that cultural shift. And I wonder, especially kind of the way that geek culture and nerding out over this and that has become more socially acceptable the last five years or so i wonder what big bang theory has had to do with that um i don't think because of them people are reading more comic books mm -hmm. i think good quality movies uh where the studio actually lets the uh comic book people be in oh, yes. charge is making the difference Yes, and I agree that you have to be telling good stories or it's not going to happen otherwise. Right. Well, look at the Batman movies and, and Avengers and, you know, that is proving like, oh, okay, so this isn't an odd one-off type of a movie. This is this is relates to everybody and it's not, you know what I mean, a clicky yeah. kind of a thing. Oh, it, it everybody can love this? Holy, well, a lot of the movies, okay, great example. A lot of the movies that come out People don't know that they're based on uh, a comic. Um, what? Uh, Scott Pilgrim Saves the World. I didn't know that was until uh, I just found out later. Road to Perdition. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows that. Uh, you know, if anything, what people are saying they should start to do with these movies is at the end, point, <clears throat> do a little ad, a little commercial or something mm -hmm. after the credits and say... If you'd like to learn more about this, here's the where you go. You know, go to your comic book store, and here's the titles that you would enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I think some of the struggle in doing that, though, is, and this is just a side of the whole cultural gender whatever stuff that we were talking about earlier. I feel like it's a bit like catching up on a soap opera that's been on for 20 years. It's like if I oh like okay, I've suddenly fallen in love with Captain America. I want to go read some Captain America comic books. And then it dawns on me, oh my lord, there's like 60 years of backstory with this character. What matters? What doesn't? Where do I even begin? You know what I'm saying? So, thus where your comic book retailer can help you or yeah. certain people like myself. <laughs> True. <laughs> because, and DC has recently just started with the new 52, which is where that title came from, mm -hmm. uh, Teen Titans. Um, basically all their years, they just said, you know what? We're starting over. We're going to yep. keep some of the stuff, but we're going to say all, there's only been heroes around for five years. So you don't need to know anything really. You can easily right. walk in. Right. And, and I know that they reboot those universes, uh, every so often as Kevin and I was kind of joking when that news story came out about the star Wars extended universe, basically being made not canon for the new movies um and uh kevin just kind of joked you know what that day they call it in comic books when they erase the uh erase 30 years of backstory and i say what and he says tuesday so <laughs> <laughs> well, so i i get that they rebooted it just it still feels like this overwhelming project you know what i'm saying yeah don't don't let it overwhelm you if okay you, again it's about don't just jump in blindly Go right. to people who can help you. I, now I'm going to be looking at my collection and going, okay, Sarah would like this. Sarah would like mm -hmm. this. Um, 
you know, and then if you feel like expanding it out a little further into things that you're not sure about, you can always pick up an issue here or there. Or right. Now they give you the collection, you you know, a six-issue graphic novel. So you don't have to get one issue where it starts in the middle and then just ends and you don't know where it goes after that. Right. That's that's what I tend to get now when I get things is those trades where it's like a whole run of things. Or, you know, Kevin has a bunch of those things, too, that I like. And, you know, I kind of discovered, like, I got into, um, I think it was um, Brave and the Bold or something. I got kind of interested in Green Arrow. And so he gave me, like, the Green Lantern, Green Arrow series oh, from back in the day. And sure. that's good that's stuff. It is good stuff. And... This new title, uh, with the new 52, they started over, mm -hmm. it basically gave you a, they, they youngified everybody, mm. which is good uh, in most cases. Uh, they got rid of the goatee of Green Arrow. Uh, they kind of started from scratch. And when they started the title, it wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. the, write, the writing just wasn't, there was something missing. It felt like work. So I didn't read it after the first issue. Right. Um, however, then right before it got canceled, DC was smart enough to say, oh, oh we got a new writer and a new artist. Phenomenal now. It's mm -hmm. one of DC's strongest titles that I'm, I'm reading. I'm like, this is beautiful to look at. Plus, I really care about what's going to happen. Right. And they play up the, the fact that an archer, you feel like, boy, you know, I want to pick up a bow and arrow now and. Because that it, it what uh, gives you that that wonderful feeling. They put you in his position, and I think that's what good writing can do. Mm -hmm. it, they, no matter how obscure and weird the character or their surroundings may be, if you feel like you are now part of their world, well, you've succeeded beyond. And that's that's what it was missing originally. Right. Originally, like, how long do I have to be patient with this? Yeah. If it feels like work, don't read it. Exactly, and that's my thing, because I've got too many interests, and my life is too darn short to, to you know, to read crap. It's, by the way, speaking of, I wanted to shift this over to Doctor Who for a little bit, but they have Doctor Who comics. I have heard of this, yes. Uh, I've still got to watch, like, most of the series. I've watched... All of nine, most of ten, and smatterings of eleven. I just because my life got busy when Tom's when um, um, Matt Smith was on. But what I'm doing this summer is I, I, I kind of uh, uh, called it the the classic Who viewing project. I'm actually starting from the I started from the very beginning from Unearthly Child. I'm not trying to watch the whole darn thing because we'll be here 15 years. But I'm picking out what I've like heard are the best three or four story arcs from each doctor sure. and I'm going to watch them. And then I'm just going to kind of, basically I'm probably just going to blog my thoughts on each doctor and see who I like and which companions I like, and then delve more deeply into those eras. I'm like four episodes into season three. Mm -hmm. So I love David Tennant's my favorite. Yeah. Um, but you, you don't have to, for these comics, you can uh, um, pick what doctor you want to read about. Right, and they wonder each, and they're starting. I guess is it Dark Horse? One of them is starting with a no. Can't think of who it is. Anyway, mm -hmm. they're starting again. One series is based on David Tennant, and the next is, and then the 
Uh, next one is also Matt Smith. Right. Well, they have classic comics. They have. I'm learning all this myself. Mm-hmm. But I've been, yeah, I've been diving in. Yeah, and I guess there's like audio serials and all kinds of crazy stuff. But it's just there's so many opportunities to add to the canon and comics in other ways just because of how that universe is set up. Because it's like, you know, if if you know the Doctor steps off stage for two minutes, he could theoretically have been zipped off and had you know. 30 years of adventure somewhere else. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And, and they've done that too, which is yeah. hilarious. They, uh, I actually was reading a miniseries. Cindy was more of a Star Trek Next Generation person. I'm a Next Gen girl, yeah. Yeah, and so I don't know a mu much about it. I know enough that I, I know. Uh, but I was reading a great crossover, uh, talking to the artist actually at a con. I said to him, you know, I don't watch either show, but I, I love your series. And it was a mini mm -hmm. series that you can get up, you can pick up. You'll probably love this. It's Matt Smith's Doctor and the Next Gen. Meet. Oh my goodness, I've got to find this. And it's painted art. It looks like you're looking at photos of it. It's not uh -huh. just art. It, it looks like it's uh, JK. Uh, I can't think what his, his last name is. Is it Williams? Anyway, I'll find it for you and I'll send you the link. It's phenomenal and you're talking to a guy who wasn't into doctor who before he read this let alone star trek wow. so it's fun because i love when they can do a great crossover and it makes sense and they're playing with the mythology mm -hmm. and cybermen teaming up with the borg yeah and oh my goodness that sounds awesome i'm telling you i would not steer you wrong <laughs> I'm sure. Cybermen and the Borg. I gotta see this. <laughs> it was a delight to read. I can't believe it kept my attention for the whole thing. Awesome. I was sad when it ended. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm gonna start checking out Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just such a genius idea. You know, it's like, of course. It's like, it, it, it's one of those things like, you know, uh, sort of like Batman. It's like, why didn't somebody think of this sooner? It's just one of those ideas that was meant to be. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I I think uh, I think there's boy. I, I get excited now when I know that I can help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it's yeah. You're a helpful guy. I think that's one of the reasons I like hanging out with you. You know. <laughs> what? Uh, well, thank you. That's nice. Yeah. What? Uh, any other? Um, shows you're watching oh let's see um agents of shield we talked to big bang theory i i'm sort of like i said i i just finished my doctoral coursework yay uh and so i'm writing my dissertation still but i kind of have more time to watch tv now so i'm sort of trying to figure out what i'm gonna get into um let's see there were some things what am I watching right now? Um, I am catching up on Game of Thrones. I have not watched any of the new season yet, but I've been kind of spoiled on, you know, the current events as you do. And I, I, I don't know, I've heard some things about this new season that make me think I may be getting off the Game of Thrones train soon. I don't know. I need to see the actual episode where this particular thing happens. But um, um as far as the third season, I'm really enjoying it. I don't know. Are you a Game of Thrones person? I tried to watch the first episode when we had like a free preview of mm -hmm. uh, all the shows on that channel. So I tried everything. I got hooked on Chuck. Or not Chuck. Yeah. Uh, not Chuck. Uh, Dexter. 
Yeah, I'll, I could see you liking Dexter. <laughs> Dexter, I got through the first season. I'm going to jump on the second one uh, soon. Um, again, I have to make sure the kids aren't around. Yeah, I, I read some of the Dexter novels. I liked those. And I watched, I think, the first season of Dexter and a little bit of the second. And then I just kind of moved on to other things. Um, but I probably need to just go back and binge watch it and finish it out. Well, uh, and then I, I watched the pilot of Game of, Th- Game of Thrones and went, nope, no thank you. I, I had a feeling you would either really like it or it would immediately turn you off. That's what it did, and it was painful to get through. And I'm not, I find that I'm not into that or Lord of the Rings, like that type of mythology or... Okay. I, I just, I didn't know that about myself until mm-hmm. I watched these things. I like it when it's done well. I am... I am uh, not a huge fan of the... Have you seen any of the Hobbit movies? No. Yeah, I, well, don't bother. Um, I, I mean, I think it's okay enough, and I'll see it through to the end, but they basically are trying to make a trilogy of three, you know, three-hour Peter Jackson movies out of, like, this 150-page book. Right. right. And so they're basically just putting in a bunch of junk that doesn't need to be there in the movies. Um, and the Hobbit's really great story. It's kind of about, you know, kind of the dark side of war and how it's generally a bad thing. In fact, the big battle scene, the battle of the five armies, essentially Bilbo gets knocked out at the beginning of it. And it's not even in the book. And he wakes up after and just basically learns how horrible a tragedy war is. The, mo- the name of the third freaking Hobbit movie is going to be The Battle of the Five Armies. And you know it's going to be a huge Peter Jackson extravaganza. And it's like, way to undercut the guy's whole point of the book, you know? Yep, yep. <laughs> well, you know, I I couldn't get that. I tried to watch Shameless. That was another one where I'm like, okay, so this is just sex for the sake of sex. And... Everything is F this and F that. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I don't. I can't do it. I'm not. I, you know, I can excuse some cursing if it felt like it was just, you know, uh, not that often and it was intended to sound natural. But when I have to watch, the, oh, look, they're just using it as a verb, an adjective, a noun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, and. and uh, I- and plus that and the, the unnecessary nudity and sex. I'm like, stop mm-hmm. it. Stop it. I'm not a teenage stupid kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am. I don't think I'm as sensitive to that stuff as as you are. But at the same time, I don't like it if it's just kind of for there to be there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if it's part of a more interesting story where that's part of the world that's going on and and honestly the game of thrones is sort of tilting towards that point i mean at first some of that stuff seemed to be serving the story but now it's like okay we have to deliver a whole bunch of george R. R. martin's exposition we're gonna get everybody naked so you'll pay attention honestly god i saw there was a thing uh on youtube i think it's called true trailers or honest trailers yeah. <laughs> and they said, i saw that yeah basically hey you're falling asleep here are some boobs yep I mean, and that's what it's become. I mean, it's almost a bit of a, a gag. And I, I know the uh, the Mary Sue. Do you read that uh, read that website? No. 
it's basically about geek girl culture and just you know the female take on various nerdy things and it's called the marysue.com and they've kind of been ranting on that a lot about um game of thrones lately and just kind of how it's been just more you know boobs and sex for the sake of boobs and sex mm-hmm. so and and they actually in the, a couple of episodes ago from what i understand the writers of the series took a sex scene that was depicted as consensual within the framework of of the book and they actually did this with uh the the same thing in the first season they took a scene that was consensual within the book and turned it into a rape wow yeah and they actually did that the same thing the um you watched the first episode so i know you know this uh, the scene with uh daenerys and uh cal drogo the barbarian guy she is married to in the book that was consensual oh huh and they changed it in the in the series, and that they did that again with another one a couple of episodes. And I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. But and that just when I heard about that, it's like okay, I'm going to have to see this in context. But that may be the end of my Game of Thrones viewing experience. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. Because it's just like okay, if we're just going to do this to sensationalize and you know, and especially because they're they're like trying to redeem one of the characters in in question. It's like okay, he's not going to be redeemable after that. Mm-hmm. And if you try, I'm not going to be interested. I, uh, I I did think you'd be proud of me though, because now I I'm two episodes into Sherlock. Oh, what do you think of it? Oh, I love it. I mean, it's apples and oranges with uh, uh, um, Elementary. Oh yeah, they're I don't totally- think it's fair to compare the two because they're they're two different uh, angles. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I love Elementary. Love, 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 love. Well. I had Cindy sit down and watch the first Sherlock with me and the family and, you know, the kids are playing, so they're not paying attention. Uh, And holy crap. When it was over, she goes, okay, I'm in. I'm in. And we've since watched the second episode. Mm -hmm. uh, And now I'm hungry to watch the third. Yep. Uh, I I love, hey, I love it. It's much more strict to the books Oh, it's wonderful. Yes, it's like if the books were being written today, this is what they would be. Yep. They would first, they would be a TV series, and this is what they would be about, you know? And having read, especially, I think I've pretty much read all of the original stories that the episodes have been based on thus far, and um, it's just lovely where they're... Because they're often very faithful to them in subtle ways, even sometimes when they take them in new, interesting directions. And for those of us who've read a lot of the, you know, the Conan Doyle canon, it's just there's little Easter eggs all the way through. It's it's wonderful stuff. Do you watch um, um, Elementary? I have been meaning to. That might actually be one of the things I catch up on in, on this summer. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. I'm telling my you. My dad loves it. And right. if my dad loves it. You love it. I'll probably enjoy it. Right from the beginning, it, it hooks you because it's it, besides their individual stories and blah, 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 it's about how Holmes is with Watson. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that any good Sherlock adaptation, that has to be what it's about. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I let me know. next When you start watching it, let me know. I will give you a heads up. Oh, Don't worry. So good. Um, and I'm watching Orange is the New Black. I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. I've been, I don't know, I've been a little, sell me on that. Is it worth watching? It is, 
I'm enjoying it. I'm excited to see what happens next. It's more of a take your time. You're going to basically look at this girl in prison uh, and her stuff. But they also do side stories with her surrounding cast. Like each episode is focusing on the girl that's standing next to her. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you're getting flashbacks to see why they ended up where they ended up. Uh, it's good. The only thing is because it's a... Um, not a cable show or a, a network show. There's nudity sometimes, and the language can be a little crap. Yeah, that's okay. And then it's fine. Then I, well, I, see, there I'm okay with it because they're in prison, you know what I mean? And, yes, and at the same time, I don't feel like they push it further than they need to. Mm -hmm. It's still, okay, ugh, let's get past this moment because I don't need it. But I accept it for what it is. Right. And they don't go, okay, well, now we're going to show you boobs just for the sake of showing boobs. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, it's it's worth it. I wouldn't put it um, before the other things you're interested in watching. Right. You know, but it's it's one of those that they say is great mm -hmm. for binge watching. Okay, well, we're still finishing out the second season of uh, House of Cards, which is another thing I'm loving right now. I watched the first season of the U.S. version, loved it, watched the U.K. series from start to finish, and it is incredible. Um, and then I'm currently watching the second season of House of Cards right now. Have you watched any of them? No. No. You I'm not sure. I think you might like them. It, it depends if you like that political, intriguey kind of stuff. Nope. nope. It. Yeah, they're okay. Then it's probably not your thing because that's pretty much all it is. I can't do long courtroom dramas. I hate hospital type shows, and I political. I'm like, Bleh. I just okay. Then no, it's not your thing. <laughs> A pity because it's like the guy is like you love to hate him because you know it's Kevin Spacey. But sure, he's great. I would watch yeah. because I like him. Mm hmm. Yeah, well, he is in Lex Luthor was the only redeeming value of Superman Returns. I'll tell you that much. I enjoyed it. Yes, I, I, I almost hope if we're getting a Man of Steel too, I hope they bring him. I wish they'd bring him back as Lex Luthor. I guess they're not, but they should. You didn't see who they picked. Who did they pick? God, the kid from uh, who did the Facebook movie. Oh, God, that's right. I blocked that from my memory. And they made Ben frickin' Affleck Batman, didn't they? Yes. And a girl to be Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, I think is how you say her name. Again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm as wrong about this as I was about Heath Ledger being the Joker. Mm-hmm. But I'll yeah. tell you, I've, I've abandoned all hope until they prove otherwise. Well, I'm still mad about the ending of the of the first Man of Steel. So, I mean, really, because of the neck snapping? Yeah, I I'm sorry for me that Superman wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, the neck snapping and also the you know just casually flying around, smashing buildings and murdering thousands of people. You know. Well, that was the thing that Nick and I said. I didn't have any problem with most of the movie except that the two things that missed was the classic song. Because mm -hmm. that music alone makes you your chest swell with pride. Well, yeah. And then two, he doesn't really fly around and help anybody, does he? No. He just He's too goes, busy oh. whining about, oh, my life is horrible. I have superpowers. Like, shut up. <laughs> but, I mean, at least go save a kitten from a tree. Give us something. Yeah, exactly. The building's going to fall on, on Perry White and uh, the yeah. girl. Why, why don't you swoop down and save that? Do something that is 
heroic as opposed mm-hmm. to just, and again here's the thing that that uh superman returns the problem with that was he didn't he didn't uh fight a supervillain. he just lifted a big rock yeah everybody was like um we want to watch him actually punch somebody in the face well yeah. now we got somebody being punched in the face but we don't have him saving anybody mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. well and and i think the basic problem with both of those is it was just all how horrible and tormented his life was because you know he had these superpowers i don't have a lot of patience with that arc with superheroes anyway it's like you've got a great superhero with whom you can do the whiny broody emo thing he's called batman yeah (laughs) do that and then let superman be you know nice cheerful helpful christopher reeve truth justice in the american way you know what i'm saying Uh uh-huh yeah i just i don't know I agree. You need that glimmer of hope. And there wasn't that pride-filled hope. Yeah, I think it's the same reason that I've been kind of having issues with Spider-Man. I haven't liked a, I haven't liked a Spider-Man film a lot since, like, Spider-Man 2. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2. Like Amazing Spider-Man? I, I thought it was okay. Um, I guess I just don't... I don't know. I mean... I know that Peter Parker is supposed to be a little bit of a whiny brat. It's kind of his character note. I'm just, I'm trying. He didn't quite sell me. And I have not seen the second movie yet. So maybe he's gonna, hmm? It just came out this weekend. Yeah, have you seen it yet? No, but I'm going to, I better, this week. I said to my buddy who I was supposed to see Thor 2 with, what I just finally saw. Ah. But he kept bailing on me for Thor 2. And I said, never again, never again. If he bails on me for the Spider-Man, I'm not waiting around because it killed me to be without, you know, I like to see certain, let's say superhero movies mm-hmm. in the theater. They're basically the only yeah. ones I will spend the money on uh, because it's epic and it's big screen and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I and planning to see it this week. So hopefully by the next time I do a podcast, I'll, you know, I'll be able to share my thoughts and yeah, every, like I did with the Captain America one, this, uh, I'm excited though. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see. And you know, I, uh, you know, it's going to be, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward. Maybe I'll like this. It's not that I disliked it. Maybe it's just, I really like Toby Maguire as, Spider-Man, at least in the first two movies of it, and I just—it feels like they rebooted it too soon. But you know, maybe he'll, maybe he'll—I'll get sold on it in this movie. So we'll see. I was so against the Amazing Spider-Man because I'm like, wait a minute. I understand Sony's doing it just so they can keep the rights, but why do you need Mm -hmm. to show us an origin story again? Ah, and then they showed it. Yeah. Oh, all right. They gave us something different. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We've been talking for quite a while. I should yep. probably wrap this up. Not that I want to, but no, it's it's yeah. I think we're winding down. Our, so our our listeners will be like, "Shut up now! I, I need to go do other things." <laughs> but I mean, you could just come on another time, and we'll pick up where we left off. That sounds good. I'll probably have seen Spider-Man two by that point. Maybe. <laughs> I hope Maybe so. Watch some Elementary, and yeah, it'll yeah. be good. So oh, excited for you. And, and no doubt, you know, there will have been some weird drama in the Monkeys fandom, and we can bore everybody by talking about that, and it'll be fabulous. Or thrill them. Maybe we'll thrill them. We don't... Yeah, I don't know. I guess I still have that sort of, you know, 
monkeys fan feeling of inferiority where I don't think anybody else in the universe is in, into them, and then all of a sudden it's like everybody has been. So maybe I just need to get over that. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a song to, that we I could play on the way out? Hmm. Oh, no. Why don't we do um, Don't Fear the Reaper, because that was in that awesome... Uh, uh, awesome episode of shield uh oh yes it was yes it was it was in the opening don't fear the reaper okay yeah. and do you know who it's by oh it's <laughs> fleeing my brain i'm such an idiot right now um no i don't remember but i'm sure you could like google the episode and find it because it's also like mentioned in every review of the episode so well hang on i'm gonna make sure before... i'm sure it is mm-hmm Nope. Oh, I am feeling so dumb. I, I don't want to tell you just because I know you're going to want to definitely be like, oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to tell you? Go ahead. It blew Oyster Cult. That's it. <laughs> it's all right. Hey, it, it, I, I was know. thinking of the, uh, the, the classic Saturday Night skit. I got, I got, yes. I got a fever. And it, it, it calls for more cowbell. God, that's a classic. That All is right. a classic. Well, we will let everybody go. And as always, let us know your thoughts. Um, like us on Facebook. Uh, look for us. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, don't forget to check out Fandom Lenses. Uh, that's Sarah's page. Yep, fandomlenses.com. I'm also on Facebook and Tumblr and occasionally on Twitter. What's your Twitter, Twitter handle? At Fandom Lenses. Well, that's easy enough. <laughs> yeah, and just I'm fandom lenses on Facebook as well. Nice. So. All right. And look for me, uh, Mac W. Jackson on Twitter. And uh, check out Harmony Constant. I have a couple singles out. I've hooked up my equipment. Now I just have to get it to work. I don't know. I plugged something in wrong. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find my instruction book for it. I'm like, that's fantastic. But, uh. Yeah, I'm, I gotta make some more music and actually get a complete CD. Go. You do need to. I would. I would be all over that CD. Well, thank you. In the so meantime, though, if people want to be supportive, go to Amazon or iTunes. Uh, there's the story of us and Alone Again are the two singles I have out. So, you know, be be my hero and spend a buck, and then come back and let me know what you think. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Don't fear the reaper, nor do the wind, the sun, or the rain.